Welcome back to another episode of Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network, where it is always a bad day to be a beer. I'm Logan sitting here with my co-host Jordan. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where this podcast is available. Check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com. We have blog content. We have a shop. We have some brand new Tailgate Season t-shirts on the awesome comfort colors, soft as hell uh, t-shirts available. Got the badass logo on the back. We got the Country and Cold Cans brand logo on the front. Um, you don't want to miss this. So check that out at cocansnetwork.com slash shop. All right, Jordan, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it, man. It's a sad day. It's a bad day. The once promising season seems to have slipped away from the hand, the clutches of the pack. I'm not happy about it. I've had a few days to get through the steps of grief. Um, it was announced on Saturday morning. Devin Leary, um, they went back for a second a round of imaging on his uh, uh, shoulder. He injured against Florida State two weeks ago. The second round of imaging, whether it was MRI, X-ray, don't know. I'm not a doctor. Don't claim to be. But all I know is I can read the ESPN alert, and the ESPN alert was a bunch of bullshit. It told me that they found a tear in his pectoral muscle. He had surgery, uh, I believe today, and I saw on Twitter that you know he got through the surgery good. So you know, uh, hopefully Devin rehabs gets back to full strength and back to health and everything. But in terms of the prospects for the pack, again, it's a sad day. It's a bad day. You talk about an offense that was one of uh, that is our second worst offense with Devin Leary since 2007, when Harrison Beck of all people was our quarterback. Now you're looking at, we went to Syracuse last week. We lost 24 to nine. It was really that there was one touchdown late by Syracuse, somewhat out Clemson had one, but that game was closer than the 24 to nine score, but we could not get the ball in the end zone. And I have a feeling that's going to be a lot more of that for the pack on the offense this year. Uh, hats off for the heart and the leadership shown by the FCS transfer fifth year, senior Jack chambers kid is a warrior, but no offense to the guy, but he's not a ACC quarterback. No, um, I, I wish that, you know, I could say it was a sad day for me. <laughs> um, it's a sad day for Leary. You know, prayers up to him. I hope he comes back good. I, you never want to see anybody get hurt like that, even if it is a rival. Um, so you admit we're a rival. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit that, little brother. Gotcha, um, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you can tell, you know, I'm not upset about it, especially I'm, I'm, for those that are just listening. I'm wearing my Carolina pullover here. Um, but. I do think that it's going to make a big difference. I mean, the offense did struggle with Leary, and now they're going to struggle a little bit more. Um, but your best shot was obviously with Leary. Yep. Um, but, uh, I mean, the defense is good enough to keep you in ball games. Um, I, I think that's going to be – you're not going to be as bad as you could have been um, because of that defense. You're going to be okay. I'm looking at eight and four is what I'm thinking the Pats going to end up somewhere around in there. Um, oh, no, seven and five. That would be terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, prayers up to that guy. I hope he comes back better. Um, and just, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm my, my heart's hurting for whoop that nature because it's not. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's you know, it's sad to see a good college player go down anyway. It is because, I mean, the reality is – Offense was getting about 21 to 24 points a game with Leary. And it's clear after last week that it really was just a testament to 
Leary's talent that that was even happening because the play calling has been suspect all year. The receiver talent outside of there, Thomas just hasn't been there this year. So the fact of the matter is it was Devin Leary dragging us to being able to put up 20 some points a game without him. We didn't even get in the end zone chambers. I just don't think is it. I rather go with the true freshman who got one series and didn't look bad. It was a couple of offensive line penalties that derailed that drive, but I want to go with the true freshman, burn his red shirt, go with it, give him the talent, uh, the uh, the game day experience to be to get ready for next year. Because MJ Morris is a kid out of Georgia, he's a, supposedly going to be a stud, dual threat quarterback. Had multiple SEC offers, uh, including Alabama. Like you know, even if he was being recruited to be a backup there, he's good enough to be an ACC starting quarterback for anybody not named Clemson. <clears throat> so. I say just, you know, he'll make some mistakes, but to your point, the defense will is good enough to um, keep us in ball games. And if we can just get some semblance of an average offense, we'll be all right. But <clears throat> reality is what was once a promising season is now the March to seven and five, the March to seven and five, the March to seven and five, because that's what we're, we're headed for. Not worried about Virginia Tech. I think we take BC because we got them at home. Wake Forest and UNC are going to skull drag us, and then Louisville is the toss-up game on the road. So, again, the march to 7-5, and because that's what we're doing this year. Anyways, it's a sad day. It's a bad day. Not what I expected this year, but you can't help injuries. Is what it is. Moving right along. Let's do the power rankings. (laughs) Uh, uh, Wow, man, you sound really depressed. (laughs) Anyways, you want to kick things off with the power rankings after uh, after last week? Sure. You, well, we'll start from the bottom, you know. Start from uh, the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Now, now we're here. That's that's where I'm at with my boys. Pretty you, much. You'll, you'll hear that in a minute. Um. So you know, bottom feeder, nothing changed. UVA all the way. Wahoos are terrible. Um. They they they're just bad. I mean, you know, we talked about what was Brennan Armstrong going to do the offensive line. They just they haven't showed up. Um. They're there in the bottom because the offensive line is not good. They can't score. I blame it a little bit on Brennan Armstrong. Also, he's just not producing this year. Um, Virginia Tech is number 13 in my power rankings. Um, they're just not good. They can't score either. Um, they got beat uh, pretty decently by Miami this week in in uh, Lane Stadium. Um, and obviously, you know, they can't play defense either. So there's them at 13. Uh, 12 is Louisville. They're another one of those bad teams that we didn't think were going to be as bad as they are. Um, and Malik Cunningham, you know, he's been out for a little bit. Um, that makes a difference with them. But still, I thought they would be better than 12 halfway through the season here in my power rankings. Um, 11's BC. They, they've moved up a little bit. They're not the bottom dwellers anymore. They're, they're playing hard and they're, they're, they're being competitive. They're not winning a whole lot of ball games, but they're competing and they're definitely better than the other three below them. Um, I have ten is Miami. Um, they got a they got a test to jump up this week playing the Blue Devils. Um, we'll get into more of that when we go over the pickups and stuff like that. But um, TBD is he's he's playing a little better, but he's still not where we thought he would be at this point in the season um, or Miami. We thought that you might have, are they back? They're not back. They're not even close to back. Um, then you have, I have Georgia Tech ahead of them. 
Um, I think the firing of the coach, you know, you called it, you said how bad he was as a coach, and I think that's turned their season around a little bit. Um, they had a big win against Duke. Um, they had a big win against Pitt. Um, they come up against uh, Bottom Dweller UVA this week. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Sims has not played bad. No, uh, with that you new coach. To the, no, he's they they he's played pretty good. Um, maybe we need to get back into quarterback rankings and redo that one. Let's, really though, we probably should because our preseason quarterback rankings are shit. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how all of ours would go. We'll get Kenshin back on the show and uh, <laughs> and go back over those. Uh, number eight, I have if we, Duke. If, if we get Kyle back on, we'll just have to tell him to lay off the IPAs before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rambling Kyle, rambling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but you got to have Kyle in there. Kyle makes it fun with the arguments and some of the stuff he says. Because he'll uh, argue that the sky ain't blue. But anyways, <laughs> I'll let you get back to your rankings. I think, honestly, Kyle's logo, we had that as a thing, and he said it was purple. And I was like, dude, <laughs> this is nuts. And he said it nighttime. With the, I, I don't know. It was stupid. Um, anyway, so eight is Duke. Um, they played well against Carolina. Um, there were some bonehead plays by Carolina that allowed them to hang around. Um, but they did play pretty well. Um, they did get beat the week before that Georgia Tech, but now they go to Miami with the, I mean, it's, it's, no matter what, playing there is, is a tough, intimidating place to play. Um, so they could, they could get some, a big win there. Um, number seven, Florida State. Um, if, their coach doesn't just absolutely have a brain aneurysm and throw the football against state. Who knows what happened? You do anything other than throw that football up and you might have, you have a shot to win that ball game. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. That was one of my worst plays of the year. I don't know what he was doing there. Jordan um, Travis had pack money line. I told you that the other day. There's no doubt about that, that they were something. Somebody made a call. Vegas made a call. Like you said, Jordan Travis might've had, uh, Florida State money line and said, screw it. I'm going to get my money and pay me. Um, number six, I still have the Wolfpack. Um, I had the Wolfpack with both Florida State because they did beat them. Um, interesting to see what happens. Uh, now, I'm not going to say it was a big measuring stick. Syracuse has good defense. That wasn't a fair measuring stick. And the game before that, he did. He only threw one pass against Florida State, but Florida State's another good defense. They're not terrible defense. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, then I have number five is Pitt. Um, they have a decent, they have a decent game this week. Um, we'll talk more about that. We'll see how they go. They're still not completely out of, you know, they're never out of it. They're one one conference. Doesn't matter. He's a very good quarterback. He can do what he needs to do to give Wake Forest to win. Um, then number three, I have my boys, um, Carolina. I think it's just um, that their defense is doing enough. They're not dominating. They're not going to dominate, but they're doing just enough to win ball games. And then they're scoring. Drake May is the reason. Carolina's where they're at. I mean, let's just be straight up with you. That's the only reason they're there. They're coastal wake for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't can't stop anybody. If you stop them just a little bit, you pretty much have a shot to win that ball game in any any ball. Game. Um, 
Number two, I have Syracuse because they did beat State. I think they have a better defense than Carolina. And I think the fact that they can score enough, I think that puts them just a bit ahead. Um, Got to give it to the running back, man. He's doing great. Quarterback has played a lot better than we thought about happening. Um, so hats off to the Orangemen. Um, number one, big dog, going to be the big dog till somebody takes him out. And that's that's why I got Clemson at number one still. Um, DJU is playing a lot better than we thought he would play. He's putting up better numbers than we ever thought he would do. Um, you know, any any question about is it a quarterback uh, battle, I think is answered. I think it's DJU's team. Uh, the freshman is going to be great. Um, but right now, it's still DJU's team. And those are my power rankings for this week. Um, who knows what happens after some big shakeups maybe happen this week. Mine are pretty similar. <clears throat> uh, 14, UVA, they suck. No need to waste time on the Who's. They're awful. Uh, 13, the Hokies, again, the state of Virginia is probably Old, Old Dominion might be the best team in that state this year. So that says enough about the state of Virginia and college football. Uh, number 12, Boston College. Um, disappointing based on what I expected from them. I didn't expect them to be upper echelon, but didn't expect them to be bottom three. Number 11, probably one of the two most disappointing quarterbacks in the league is TVD in Miami. Um, they just haven't looked good. They played not an awful game against Texas A&M, but how good is Texas A&M? Who knows? Uh, Miami deserves to be at 11. Number 10, Louisville. Uh, such a wishy-washy up and down team. I don't know what to expect from them week to week, but so they're at 10. Speaking of wishy-washy and up and down, I don't know what to get from Pitt. Uh, so Pitt's at nine. Um, number eight, mainly just because they seem to be riding a heater right now. I'm going with Georgia Tech. Uh, they've they've done well since firing Jeff Collins. Gosh, I've never been an ACC head coach to begin with, with his above-the-line bull crap instead of having a depth chart. Whatever, he's gone. Rambling Rex playing pretty well right now. Number seven is Duke, and Duke is probably the most improved this side of Syracuse team I've seen this year. Uh, just in every facet of the game, they looked very different than they did last year. Um, that last year's team would have gotten routed by Carolina this year. This year's Absolutely. team, honestly, if they just could have gotten a stop towards the end, um, they they would have had that game. But, you know, Drake May, fantastic quarterback. I'm not going to dog the guy for that. Number six, FSU. Solid team. They're on the cusp of being back, uh, but they're not back yet, but they're still a really good team. <clears throat> Number five is NC State. Dropped them down a little bit. Um, I have them mainly there because the defense is still top 15 in the country. Offense might be bottom 15 at this point, but the defense is still there. It'll keep them in games. If the offense can, you know, stumble their way into the end zone at some point, they might win a few games just because the defense will save their ass. Special teams is great, too. Kicker, uh, Chris Dunn, statistically the best kicker in NC State history, all program's all-time leading scorer. He has not missed a kick or an extra point all year long. So watch him miss three this week or next week, and we're on a bye, so I'm glad I said that this week. But uh, he's been money this year. Uh, number four is UNC. Um, UNC, has I, they are who I've said they were all year. Great offense, not good defense. I do question UNC a little bit just because I do think they've benefited from a coastal schedule. Um, so that's 
the only reason I have Syracuse at three and UNC at four. Um, Syracuse at three, they've been a surprise team. Um, it was they're six and oh, the first time in a very long time. Um, Sean Tucker is a stud, number one in rushing in the ACC. Um, Gary Trader has been much improved. The defense has been much improved. Hats off to those guys for and Dino Babers for what they've been able to get done this year. Number two, I have Wake Forest. Um, they are the defending Atlantic champion, won 11 games last year, and this year they still look to be uh, a wagon on offense. Their defense is what it is, but they've found a way with that weird mesh offense to score points and win games over the last couple of years. So, you know, I still think they're a really good club. Number one, uh, obviously, like you said, big dog Clemson. Uh, the biggest difference for Clemson this year and last year is DJ Uyunglele. I saw an interesting stat the other day that through the first 21 games in their career, he currently has better numbers across the board than Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. Yep. So that guy's playing good football right now. I don't care what anybody says. So he's probably, while Drake may has probably been the best overall, I think in terms of team impact, DJ Uyunglele has been the best quarterback in the ACC just because he's elevated them. Carolina, you know, isn't going to make the playoff this year. But they're a really good team because of Drake May. But Clemson was average QB play away from being a playoff contender. I think DJU's got them where they can pretty much make the playoff this year. Whether they beat the big dogs, they yet to be seen. Don't think they can. But who knows? That defense is stout. But, yeah, I mean, that's my power rankings for this week. Um, Had UNC shoot up a few. Uh, hats off to the heels for how they've been playing on uh, lately. The defense has been improved. Um, they're not giving up 40 points in the fourth quarter last few weeks. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's modern college football, man. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, so I don't think no matter what, you know, take Carolina ran the table, went undefeated, didn't lose to Notre Dame, you know, uh, we can say ifs all night. Um, but I, it doesn't matter. I don't think they made the playoffs. If they were to be undefeated, unless you win the AC championship, and I still don't think you get in. Um, I think that they did play. I have this argument with Kyle all the time off the air. I do think a state or a UNC that is 13 and 0 with an ACC championship, especially UNC, because they would probably be playing Clemson for it, I think they get in the playoff as a four seed. If since a freaking natty can get in from that scrub ass American concert uh, conference that Kyle pulls for, UNC and State can get in. Kyle can miss me with that bullshit. And I hope he yeah. listens to this and he can come <laughs> at me next week on Country and Cold Cans. Because yeah. don't, don't come at me saying Cincinnati can get in, State and UNC can't, because that's just ridiculous. They, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's all about, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody out of the ACC is going to be the big dogs up there in college football playoffs this year. I don't Probably see it happening. Um, but, you know, that's why they play the game and you never know what's that. Exactly. I never I never thought the Dodgers and the Braves and the baseball would be out. Um Yeah, I mean shoot, I didn't think the Mets would lose in the wild card series. Yeah. <laughs> First yeah, hundred win team in history to not make the division oh, uh, no. division series. Oh, oh no. no, I'm so sad for the Mets. I'm so sad for the let's Mets. Let's play let's play the trumpet. <laughs> they should play taps instead of uh instead of <laughs> the walkout now. <laughs> um, but so you know, me and you have been in talks about an announcement 
and you know, I put on Twitter, we have one and we talked about it. Um, so what do you think? Let's go ahead and bring him in on some, some good announcement here. Let's do it. And if you aren't following him on Twitter, that's at Colcans Pick'em. I'm at Colcans Sports. Jordan announced a big announcement there. So this is the announcement that he had announced on Twitter. Jordan, take it away. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to have a college basketball podcast. Uh, it's going to be the same brand. It's going to be college basketball edition. Um, we talked about it. It's going to have some overlay, but we'll we'll work that out with no problems. Uh, of course, my boys, preseason number one, kiss of death. Um, however, we're preseason number ones. So that's the only time we've won the titles. So, you know, take it as you want it. Um, you know, I don't like it because it's a kiss of death. I'm a real big believer in that. Uh, usually that you don't leave all the way through, usually, um, unless you're just really dominant. Um, I was very impressed with uh, what Hubert Davis did his first year. I'll, I'll admit it. All my friends know it. I was very suspect about what were we going to get with him <laughs> after following Roy. Um, Talk about halfway through the year, you were very suspect with him. Talk about going into the ACC tournament. I was very suspect with him. Um, but I feel like he's done. He's exceeded expectations. He somehow got all the boys to come back um, without Brady Manic. But uh, I think that is something good there. We'll see how the recruits go um, with him and if he can still do that. Uh, but, you know, Logan, your childhood team, not your not your team team, because we, we don't want to talk about that other team from Raleigh in basketball season. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they're, they're preseason top ten. Um, so Logan, what do you expect out of John Shire for his uh, first year as a head coach? Before I answer that, I have two quick things to say. One, as you said, Hubert somehow got the boys to come back. All I'm hearing is, and all the recruits <laughs> out there need to know is, if you want to play in the NBA, don't go to Carolina because they <laughs> your draft stock plummets and you you lose a lot of money. That's all I'm hearing. I don't make the rules. It's modern <laughs> college basketball. <laughs> number two, uh, you guys are preseason number one. And as far as I'm concerned, going into the year, you guys are going undefeated all the way, national title. You're challenging Bob Knight's Indiana team uh, for an, the going to be the next undefeated national champion. Carolina is a wagon this year, folks. They got everybody but Brandy Manic back. They're going all the way. This is not even a question. I don't even know why we're having the season. It's UNC this year. Mark it down. Mark it down, mark it down. Hills by 90 million. All right. Now to the Blue Devils. <laughs> Why do I feel like that was that was just like a knife there to be like, hey, I'm gonna say this. So you guys have a terrible year with a ton of injuries. I mean, not that you would ever <laughs> pray for injury. Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't I, want no, injuries no. on anyone. I, I prefer teams <laughs> to just collapse healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my boys have been known to do that. Um, I'm, I'm jumping on the season ticket wagon um, again. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like you threw a jab that tried to ruin my whole season there. No, but that's not right. that. I really do believe y'all have it in the bag. It's a lot. Carolina for the national championship. But uh, uh, so with Duke, though, I think that they have the talent to be top 10. I think it's a transition year, meaning that they're going to be a top 25 team and they probably should be a top 15 team. But it is a new era. I mean. John Shire, youngest head coach in the country. Um, he's been the lead recruiter for a few years now with a lot of these big-time recruits Duke's been getting. 
But, you know, the legend, the GOAT himself, Mike Krzyzewski, is no longer there. Um, there is going to be probably a little growing pains. It's hard to replace a guy with five national titles and over a thousand wins. Um, like nothing happened. I do think Shire is going to be good in the long term. As my older brother, who is a ardent Duke fan to this day, would tell you the Shire hire is on fire because they've been recruiting well. And, you know, it's we'll see how it goes in the end game with him as the head man. I do like the move he did by picking up. He he broke a almost 20 to 25 year Duke tradition where he he hired an assistant coach that didn't play basketball at Duke. He took away the lead recruiter from John Calipari in Kentucky. And now they're uh, one of their assistants jump ship to Durham. He um, the backstory on that is he has many, many cousins and his grandparents and his parents are all from Durham. So, you know, it, while it's a sidestep in the college basketball world, you know, he's closer to family. So a family counts for something, especially when it benefits teams in North Carolina that are not wearing baby blue. But reality is I expect them to have a good year. I think they'll be in the top. I think they'll probably be in the top four in the ACC. They'll, they'll get the double bye in the ACC tournament. I don't expect them to have the fake regular season title. I think that if they're playing well, they can challenge for the ACC tournament title. Don't expect that this year. I think that getting a um, high-end two-seed, low-end five-seed this year would be a, a, a considerable success with the roster turnover and you know first-year head coach. You got you to gotta temper your expectations a little bit, Blue Devil Nation out there, because Mike Krzyzewski's gone. A lot of roster turnover. Don't be coming in and expecting it to be the Zion team or last year's team. And just throwing that out there. Take it from a a gunshot Wolfpack guy. You know, you ride high for a long time, but good times don't always last. The uh so a good thing about that with your Kentucky uh crew guy, at least the NILs there, you don't have to worry about him paying people like uh like he did, I'm sure, in Kentucky. Um, uh, but Logan, I'm, I'm predicting the Blue Devils um, to go. I'm gonna say, uh, high, I'm gonna say probably Sweet Sixteen. Um, but you're you're looking at more than likely an Elite Eight appearance. Is what my prediction for them is going to be this year. Eh, if things go right, Elite Eight could happen, but I think Sweet Sweet Sixteen is a successful first year for Shire. Oh, absolutely. Talent's absolutely. there, but you know, it is a transition year for the program. I mean, what are you gonna do? You um, knew this tape was coming. <laughs> I mean, eventually. So my I do have one little small thing. We you know we don't want to get into it because it's just a preview of what's gonna happen for college football in our podcast with Tailgate Season uh college basketball edition. Um, but so John Shire was the main recruiter in getting Paulo there. Uh, me and uh, one of my buddies, Chris Lyons, talked to him after the game. Big Paulo guy now, um, even though he did wear the dark blue. Um, but his family was awesome. His dad uh, played football at Washington. His mom was a leading scorer at Washington for Washington's uh, women's team, basketball. And the fact that they did not even – go and offer him is nuts to me because Crazy. his dad said that it told us unless I was just had too many, you know, uh, well whites over there at top <laughs> of the hill. Um, he definitely said if they would have offered him, he would have went to Washington just because of the family stuff there. 
So how you let that go and how shy I pulled from the way, I don't know, but it speaks volumes to John Shire's recruiting ability. So I don't think he's going to miss a step there. It's just all about what he does on the basketball court. Agree. I mean, you know, there are a lot of guys that are good recruiters that may not be great, either motivators and or X's and O's coach. So, I mean, that is Matt TBD. Darty. Matt Darty, Yeah, it's a great, great example. Matt Darty. I mean, Jeff Cable, too. Great recruiter, but not necessarily yep. the best in-game coach. Yep, and that's why they're doing what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah. So. so, that's why Cable's at Pittsburgh and not in Durham. Yeah, and that's why Darty is no longer a coach. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have recruited that McCants guy. Yeah, you don't like him because he was a whistleblower because he knew uh, the ru- he knew uh, what was going on. He told the truth, and y'all just don't like it. Rashad McCants is a truth teller. I don't think so. I think he Tar Heels don't like it. He's a truth teller. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Y'all um, don't like the truth around there. It's fake news university. <laughs> uh, but we do have a good college football slate. This week, um, yes, you know, we do. Even though our boys, both of our teams are on buys, um, but we do have a good slate. So, Logan, you want to jump into the pickums? Let's get some good stuff going. Man. Yeah, let's get that rolling. Let's give you an update halfway through the season, going into the second half here. What the head-to-head record on picking the winners and losers in college football and tailgate season this year? Jordan is thirty-four and twenty-one, and I also am thirty-four and twenty-one. Last week, Jordan had a pretty decent. Lead on me, uh, but he went four and four last week, and I had I pulled seven and one out of my ass. So now going into this week, we are both tied going into the second half of the year. It's zero zero game. Let's see who can finish strong on this one. So let's kick it off with the awful, awful fucking Virginia Cavaliers traveling to Bobby Dodd Stadium to play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and Georgia Tech is a three and a half point favorite. So Jordan. What you got? Um, first of all, Logan, hats off to you. I'm not worthy. Good pick on the Tennessee money line pick. Rocky that was top. Great. We uh we got to watch that game together yeah. and, uh, at my engagement party. Um, a lot of alcohol was drank. It was fun. We played Rocky Top over the speaker. Um, anytime you see Bama go down, it's always a good day. Um, but shout out to you, man, because I would not have picked them to win that game. I don't like to pick against Saban winning, and you did. So congrats to you, Logan. Ballsy move. It paid off. That's why we're tied in the pickums. Um, but for my pick on that game, and I really do like this game, um, this is one of my bets of the week that I will be definitely posting on Cold Cans Pick'em and backing with the play card is uh, Georgia Tech to cover the spread at minus three and a half right now. Um, if you can get it at three, obviously that's the better move because, you know, the four points always scare me a little bit. But I still could see this being a touchdown game, maybe even more. Georgia Tech's playing great, playing good at home. Virginia's awful. So anytime you got that, it looks like it could be at least a touchdown game. So I'm back in uh, the Rambler right. Uh, minus three and a half. Seven. I'm right there with you. Georgia Tech is playing above the line, Jeff fucking <laughs> Collins. You're gone. They're playing better. Never was a fan of that guy's tactics. Thought he was just a clown for an SEC coach. But Georgia Tech is playing above the line, and they will be covering this spread and winning the game. So give me the rambling wreck. All right. Next up on this week's slate of games, we have an undefeated matchup in the ACC. And I have to mention, 
because this might be the only week that I can say this. Right now, the ACC Atlantic is the only division in all of college football with four teams ranked in the top 25. So I don't miss me with that SEC West crap. Miss me with anything from the conference with Rutgers, that passy ass league is the ACC Atlantic is the toughest division in all of by God college football. So we have Syracuse traveling down to Clemson. Clemson's won 37 straight. Clemson is a 13 and a half point favorite at home against the orange battle of the orange teams. Who wins this game? So you said they have four ranked in the land, correct? Four ranked. All right, so that fifth team, you know who it is. You know the fifth team of the ACC this Yeah, ranked. yeah, yeah. They're yeah, in the yeah. – uh, they're in the uh, – what, what's the opposite? I don't watch soccer. What's There's the Premier League, <laughs> and then there's the other league. That's yeah, what the Coastal is. Hey, you know what? I'll take I'll take a conference championship game any way I can get it, and I hope it's this year. I'm already looking at hotels in Charlotte. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but, no – I think Clemson wins. I think Syracuse covers. Um, I do think it's going to be closer than a two-touchdown game um, just because of the defense. Now, Clemson's got a great defense. Um, I don't I don't see the Tigers losing this game. However, been wrong before, and I don't think it's going to be an easy sledding ball game. Um, and if Syracuse can somehow go into Death Valley, not not the real Death Valley, but the, other death, the other Death Valley, and somehow deal with Clemson running down the hill, the terrible entrance <laughs> the that we went hill. up. Yeah, the hill at Touch Howard Rock. Um, then I think I think they can do it. I don't see it happening, but give me Clemson winning this ball game, but not covering the spread. So here are the two teams that have beaten my pack this year. They have must have a struggle with teams in orange. Thank God we aren't playing Oklahoma State um, or Illinois. Um, I'm with you on that. I think that if this game was in Syracuse and the the Dome, you know, because they sell out their stadium these days and they brag about having 50,000 there, whatever, no one cares. You're, you're a Big East school at, at the end of the day. Uh, Syracuse, I think, would have a chance to win at home. But Clemson is going to make it 38 straight. However, that being said, I, I do agree with you. I think Syracuse covers this. I really do. Um, they've played too well for me to bet against them right now on at least covering 13 and a half, but Tigers win this. But, it, you know, it's weird to me. It's a noon game. This is a big game. Yeah, I mean, this is. is a big ball game. And with our teams on buys, most teams on buy, what's the big game of the week? Why is this not up there in a prime time spot? No idea. Why not? <laughs> it must have been. Maybe they decided this, you know, at the beginning of the year because beginning of the year we would have thought this was just another game. Oh, I know. But I know. It's not. It really ain't. This one actually means something this year, about like Absolutely. it did in 2018 when um Absolutely. it was it was a three team race for the Atlantic. It was Clemson, Syracuse, and State that year. Yeah, uh, I just, I go ahead. See it. I don't. I just don't see this being a two score ball game. Um and this is one of my picks like the uh Georgia Tech game. This is one I'll be all over oh, at the noon kickoff. This will be one of them I'll take plus points because I mean to be honest, I just Syracuse is too good defensively and I think they do enough to keep it under the spread. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, moving right along. Little old Duke, those scrappy blue devils playing at that Wallace Wade Stadium. You know, fun fact about Wallace Wade. 
it's the only location outside of Pasadena that ever has held the orange uh, the Rose Bowl. 1942, I believe it was, World War II, had threats, you know, over there. So they moved it to Durham when Duke was playing in it. Little fun factoid for you about Wallace Wade. But either ways, let's move it to 2022. Duke is traveling to Miami this weekend. Uh, they're an eight-point dog to the Hurricanes, which is surprising to me. So what do you think it's about It's one this? of those weird things. It's a weird line, um, you know. So Duke's lost two straight. They lost to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. They lost to my boys, the Tar Heels. Um, do they make it three? Do they make it three straight? And basically, not them out of the coastal race. They lose this, correct? Wouldn't that correct. pretty much kill their chances? Um, I don't know, man, because I've been, you know, when you sent me this list, I was like, dude, this is going to be a tough one for me to pick. I'm going to actually go with. I'm going to go Miami to win money line. Um, I do think that Duke doesn't cover. I think it's a field goal ball game. Um, I don't know what the hell happened to the Blue Devils when I took them against Georgia Tech at home. Um, I mean, when at Georgia Tech, I don't know what happened to them. I really didn't expect that. Um, but I see that Miami, you know, we talked about TVD. He just. It's not that good. Miami's defense is not that great, um, and I can see I can see this becoming a three four point ball game. Um, the only way I think it covers is a back door. Um, something you know they just put it away at the end. I don't see this being that. I really thought you know last week my boys were going to cover the seven point spread against Duke. That didn't happen because Duke played a not a flawless ball game, but they played pretty good. And I think they have to do it again um, with a little less mistakes to pull out the win. And you give me a chance. You give me Miami at home. I just think they pulled this out. It's too big of them for them to win. So give me uh, Miami winning this ball game. But closer than the experts think, think Duke covered. I'm going to be frank with you here. Oh, no, not you being frank and giving me exactly what you think. Oh, no, that never happened. <laughs> oh, no, who would have thought? Um, I hate Duke this year. Mm. I, I hate him every year, so we'll get real to that. They've, I'm, I'm happy for them. I've enjoyed watching them. But Lord have mercy, they've become like Oregon for me, for like to you. Every single game this year that I picked going into last week, if I picked them to win, they lose. Pick them to lose, they'd win. So last week, I went with what I actually thought would happen in hopes that the trend would continue. I picked Carolina to win because I thought Carolina would win, but the trend broke broke down last week. They decided to fade me on it in the opposite direction. Well, now I don't know what to do with them. Yep. So hey, why don't you stay away? Stay away from this game. To hell with it all. <laughs> Duke ain't losing three straight. Riley Leonard is better than Tyler Van Dyke. Give me the Blue Devils on the road to Ooh. to upset the Hurricanes. Lord knows what how this one will turn out. <laughs> um, so you know, maybe what we should do is I have we have a run of joke in my group chat with uh, Taylor Archer and my brother and Chris is whatever Chris wants take the opposite. Um, <laughs> and so maybe I should ask him what he thinks of this pick. But last week, God, some reason it with NFL and all. He profited like $200, so it was all messed up week for me. I looked at him, and I was like, you're welcome for the picks, but 
I don't like it because uh, I don't. I'm not used to you profiting. So I was like, was I that bad or what? What went on there? <laughs> but maybe I'll just ask him what he wants uh, to pick, and then I'll go with the opposite. But I'm with you. I think I can see this Riley Leonard putting the drive together to win the ball game um, a little bit more, and I trust TVD. Yeah. Dude, last week I had a good week all the way around. Like on the yep. podcast, you know, I had a, we talked about, you know, my, my win loss record. But then I went nine and five on the spreads last week on the NFL. Yep. And yep. last week, the way, reason I went nine and five is because I am an abysmal 40 something and 50 on the year in the NFL this year. Cause I, I'm in a private league where we pick the spread on every single NFL game in the regular season. Last year, I got it at 68% correct over the whole course of the year this year i am below 500 and so what i did last week was to shake things up every game that i normally would pick one way i faded myself and picked the opposite (laughs) i went nine and five (laughs) (laughs) hey so let me tell you a fun fact that i saw from tom brady So let me tell you a fun fact that I heard from Tom Brady. Um, so if you bet $100 on every NFL under so far, you profit $100. You profit $1,500. That is nuts to me. That, that explains how bad the NFL is. And for those listening for gambling purposes and um, the, you know, the cold cans pick them, uh, I'm riding the Falcons. They have covered the spread. They're six and zero against the spread, and which is nuts. So that's what I did last week. They 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 of course covered. So this week I'm gonna be all on that again, just for a cold cans pick them. If you're listening to that, go ahead and get the Falcons plus whatever it is. It doesn't matter. They're gonna probably cover. <laughs> they they've been a surprising team. We'll agree with that. All right, so let's throw it over to the Big Twelve real quick. We have West Virginia playing at Texas Tech. Games in Lubbock, and the Red Raiders are a six-point favorite. Who you got? I hate six-point spreads because it's like, why don't they just? Because if it's you know if it's a lot, why isn't it a seven? If it's good, if they like the favorite that good, um, let's see. I could see this. I I'm just gonna not think about this too much. I think Texas Tech covers the spread minus six. I think obviously they win. I just I think it's a little high score. Texas Tech's got a pretty decent defense, correct? Or yeah, they have a very very old experienced defense, so it's it's translated to some on field success. And they got the quarterback back that they were benching you know first couple times of the year, so that he's back ready to go. I'm going to take Texas Tech to win and cover the spread. Um, they're a tough team to pick, but I I do think they win at home. Uh, I got the Mountaineers covering though, just because. <sighs> Six is difficult, like you said, but I do think it's going to be a close game. West Virginia is better than their record, even though I wouldn't call them necessarily a good team. Texas Tech's been up and down themselves, but solid teams. Um, Red Raiders win, Mountaineers cover. Now, this next one we're about to talk about is the line is like, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. What the hell is going on? What does Vegas know that we don't know? You have a top 10 undefeated, lane train driven Ole Miss running Rebels traveling to Baton Rouge to the real Death Valley 
with Mr. Authentic down there with his family, Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. And LSU is a one and a half point favorite. So what do you think happens here? I'm, you know what? I know they say when it's a weird line, you always go with the line because it's weird for a reason. Vegas knows something. Screw that mess. We're going with Ole Miss winning this ball game. Give me the Ole Miss money line. I'm not going against the lane train. And I'm just, I mean, I I don't get it. I just, I'll just go on record saying it. I don't understand the spread at all. Why is it one and a half? Why is LSU favored? But go ahead and get this in now before it starts switching. Um, definitely going Ole Miss money line. I think the people in Vegas were watching the first half of that Ole Miss Vandy game too much. But to hell with that. Lane train driving right through Baton Rouge and stomping right all over midfield. Mr. Authentic and his family are going to lose this one. I'm driving the lane train to cover this one pretty easily. Give me Ole Miss to continue their undefeated ways and to win one down in Baton Rouge. All right. Back to the Big 12 for one more pit stop here. We have Texas Longhorns playing at Oklahoma State. No, go boy, Cowboys. Is... Mike Gundy, I'm a man. I'm 40. Okay, State's a six point dog at home. So, what do you think? Uh, you know what I like. You know, I know. what I like. I'm uh, this is so... probably going to be the most predictable pick of the podcast of anybody who's listened to uh, most of the episodes so far. Um, so Texas had to, had to fight it off against Iowa State last week, it was only a three point win. By Texas, um, Oklahoma State helped me win a bet and cover with their. Um, I took them plus four last week, and so they did their job there. But not this week. I'm going horns up, baby. Texas by a touchdown. Bring it on. We'll all start. Uh, the odds of Texas are among us. Let's go ahead and watch that happen. We'll be all singing the fight song at the end. I think Texas covers this spread. Um, Logan, you'll enjoy this. So, um, I, I help coach, uh, high school football and we have, you know, certain plays and we have Texas, we have cards. Well, we, instead of for Texas over, which was another, uh, another thing, we, uh, we, we actually flipped the sign upside down. So it's horns down. Horns down and, always. Uh, I, I told, uh, Chris, who's the head coach, I said, Hey, Logan's gonna like this because you just flip the side upside down and we're going horns down uh for this. I, I should have sent a picture of him holding it up and sent it to you. But uh not this week. Horns up. They're gonna they're gonna take care of the Cowboys over there in Stillwater. I tell you what, it's another battle between two orange teams that have both played really well this year, but I don't give a flying shit if their quarterback at Texas has a mullet. I don't give a flying shit how good he's played since he's come back from his injury. It's horns down always, as far as I'm concerned. Give me the OK State Cowboys. Go Pokes. Mike Gundy. Spencer Sanders. They're going They're going to take the Big 12 this year. And you know who's in the way? The Longhorns. The Longhorns are in the way. So give me the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to win this one at home as a home dog. You know, go Pokes. Let's go, baby. Let's mm-hmm. roll. 
I, I kind of knew that was coming. I felt like that was a that was a purposely being you that I knew. I could have told you where that was going as soon as you sent me that game. I knew exactly what we were going to take on both. I, I had a feeling of the same thing. <laughs> All right, back to the ACC one more time. We have the Pitt Panthers traveling to Louisville, Kentucky, take on the Cardinals. And this one is a one-point spread. Basically, it, I mean, it is a pick em. It's a pick em. Can't win by half a point. So, what you think? This is another one of them weird ones, man. Another one of those weird lines. And I, I'm going to get beat by Vegas, I do believe, I guess. I don't know. But Louisville has not shown me enough for them to be a favorite. They have not. I don't care if it's at Louisville. I don't care if it's the middle of a field somewhere. I don't care where it's at. I I don't see Louisville winning this ball game. Give me Pitt. Uh, honestly, just money line because I don't. I just how can I, as a guy who loves to gamble and loves to spend my hard-earned money, how can I put that on Louisville? You know that doesn't make any sense at all to me. So I'm gonna go with Pitt. Really, kind of in the back of my mind, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Louisville wins, you know, obviously. So the Coastal, you know, gets a little more in favor of my Tar Heels. Um, but as I'm putting money on it, I just could not sleep at night and putting it on Louisville. So I'm going pit money line. I had predetermined in my head that whatever you picked on this game, I was picking the opposite. We can't be having any more of these uh, Todd coming into after six or seven weeks into the year. And this is a perfect game to to fade you on this because guess what? Even the worst of the Atlantic is better than a middle-of-the-road team in the Coastal. So give me Louisville at home. Give me the Cardinals. Pitt's going down. It's going to be Scott Satterfield getting the win at home. That's a one-point favorite, if you even want to call that a favorite, but I'm taking Louisville. Isn't – I was going to say, so you got – you honestly – isn't Virginia in the Atlantic? No, they're in the Coastal. I was about to say, were you going to take them as their worst? Would they get a, would you no. have them against anybody? You guys have UVA and Virginia Tech. Our worst is probably oh, wow. BC. Yeah. So would you take BC over Pitt if they play? Is what time of the year is the game, and where is the game? <laughs> I don't know. If it's just, late October, November, and it's in Chestnut Hill, I might. <laughs> I just I, then again, like, so, like Pitt is the bastion of warm weather, so don't think it really matters. <laughs> I just. So there's there's two lines that we have on here that are just like what the hell, and now it makes it three on the podcast that we were against each other. So we'll somebody is going to be up or down this week. Pretty um, much. I know we have, you know, we have another one left, and that one's going to be an interesting one. We'll see, Logan. What you got for the last one? What do you think? What's our last game? So the last game, Mississippi State at Bama. Bama is a 21 point favorite. It's in Tuscaloosa, and I'll I'll go first here and let you go second on this one. I'm with it. Bama has not been good by Bama standards at covering the spread this year. Will Rogers has been one of the best quarterbacks and the best quarterback, statistically speaking, in the SEC this year. The dude, I believe, if he isn't, he's on pace to be, if he isn't already, he's on pace to be the SEC's all-time leading passer. Mississippi State is a good team. They lost last week to Kentucky. Bama lost last week to uh, Tennessee. But with that being said, Nick Saban has not lost back-to-back games since I probably was in diapers. This game's at home. It's not in Starkville. 
So just by sheer, they're coming off of losses. And while I love both coaches, especially Mike Leach, I'm going with the better coach on this one. Nick Saban wins the game, but Mississippi State covers. I, I mean, I could, how do you how do you go against Saban after a loss? Anyway? Mm-hmm. Especially you know, they lost to Tennessee in the way that it happened. Yeah. That ball yeah. barely crossed the crossbar. I'm really wondering how what happened at practice this week. I really yeah. wanted to I mean, because I'm sure that was not a fun practice at all. You don't lose to that. It's not going to keep them out of the playoffs. Um, uh, it could hurt them if they lose another one somewhere. Oh, if but they I, lose another one, they're out. Yeah. Well, you know how the unless some craziness play, happens. Yeah. Well, you know how college football playoffs are. If they love to have fame in there for the money, just True. like you know, just like the Yankees getting up there in the LDS. You think all three dogs were going to lose? Come on. <laughs> uh, um, and th- for those listening, the reason I pay against my boys, the Yankees. Uh, these past couple of days and I've lost money was just because I was like, you know what, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to be happy about it. Me and you talked about that. Um, Smart strategy. You might as well pick against your team. You get the profit or you win. I mean, either one's going to happen there. Um, But for my pick on this game, Logan, I'm sorry. You're not getting one over on me here. I'm going Bama to win. Um, I don't think they cover. I think Mississippi state covers. Um, just for it's too many points against a high, a high octane, octane offense. Um, they they run the air raid. You know they're going to be putting it up. Um, the only thing I could see is uh, if he has time. If uh, Will Rogers is that his name? Yeah. If he has time, which I don't think he has a ton of time. I think. Somehow they could keep it into a one-score game, um, maybe a 10-point game. Um, but either way, if he doesn't have time, I think they do enough um, to keep it under 21 points or right at it. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to take uh, Bama to win, but Mississippi State to cover the spread. Mississippi State is the NC State of the SEC. Alabama is the Clemson of the SEC. They're, they're offensive-minded teams this year. So imagine this to be similar to the state Clemson game, but with points instead of defense. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Close game, but Bama pulls it out uh, in the fourth quarter and gets a a, a little bit of a lead that you can't come back from. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's them after a loss. It's just, it's like a basketball. Every time growing up, when I saw, when I saw Duke lose, I was like, damn, I do not want to play them. What's coming on next? Because I know that. That Tay's going to have them right. They're going to come out and they're going to just absolutely kill who's coming next. I don't think they kill Mississippi State, but, you know, I'm not going against them. I never go against the Blue Devils losing twice. Um, so I, I'm i sticking with that. But, it, I mean, overall, it's not a bad slate for us. We don't have any interest, really, no. in some of these games other than the fact of us picking them and the money maybe we put out there. But to be honest, if I didn't watch any college football this week. It wouldn't kill me, but it's I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. So. <laughs> yeah, same. I definitely will watch. But you're right. Like we're on our teams are on buys, so it the only game like it's really just us kind of picking games. But outside of the teams that we've kind of attached ourselves to at the beginning of the year, being Texas and Oklahoma State, I do kind of want to watch that one because yeah. um, I'm gonna. I tell you what, make a deal with you. Uh oh. 
I have a Texas shirt in my closet. Okay. I bought it when I allegedly, according to some of my friends, broke into the Texas stadium when we were in Austin, Texas on a bachelor party. The door was unlocked. I don't consider that breaking in, but I did walk around. Um, had some accomplices with me. Bought a t-shirt while I was there because I was visiting. If Texas wins next next week on the podcast, I will wear the Texas burnt orange t-shirt that's been sitting in my closet since I got back from Texas. And uh, I guess you're you're wanting me to buy Oklahoma. Uh, you don't have, state I, you don't have to buy. You just got to do something to to match it. Don't, no money has yeah. to be spent. But do you want me to come out with my two pistols, a double pistol, you or something like that? <laughs> you have to do something. <laughs> like bring that. it. Get my cowboy hat out. Something like that. See, I, I'll I'll put that out there to do that. The that's that one's more stomachable for me uh, because. A buddy of mine who I'm going to the um, State Carolina game with in Chapel Hill this year, he wanted me and you when he was listening to the show. He wanted me and you to make a bet on whoever lost the uh, State Carolina game to have to wear the no, opposite. I'm already shirt. saying no. I'm already saying and no. I'm just throwing it out there. I told him, I said, I'm uncomfortable with that just because of how last year's game went. But God knows I'm way out now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not doing that. After the injury, I'm out. Good. I'm out. I'll put on the damn Texas shirt before I do that. The only thing I have read in my closet is uh, Tiger Woods polo or, or polo shirt for Sundays. That's the only red I have in my closet. And somebody tried to buy me a red shirt. I'm like, no, I'm not wearing it. So I never wear it. So I have no red shirts other than one. I hate the color red. Passion. I'm sure you love baby blue. Um, <laughs> but wait, oh, I, I do <laughs> like that- baby blue if you're talking about Ole Miss baby blue. Uh, oh yeah, because that's a big difference there. Um, Ole Miss baby blue is fire. Carolina baby blue, uh, not so much. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Florida State wearing their blue? That's something coordinated for. Yeah, it's shirts. honoring. So, I can't remember the reason behind it, but there is like a historical reason. I think it's pretty cool. UCLA, kind of cool. Carolina, yeah, it's pretty lame. I would not. Yeah, I I can't wear blue. I can't wear royal blue. I mean, I can't wear red. Not that. I can't wear uh, I can't wear red. I can't wear royal blue at all. Not with a contest that goes to stand in front of my family and everybody else. Can't do that. So, <laughs> but uh, Logan, I think that I think this college football, I mean, this college basketball podcast we're going to do, it's going to be great. You know, me and you have always been big college basketball, college sports fans in general. Oh, yeah. We all we have opposite takes all the time anyway. <laughs> We've never really pulled that, for the same team in any sport except for hockey. Yeah, that might be the only one that we pulled Literally for. the only one. Um, but, you know, and I, like you said, I don't like when my friends' uh, sports teams do well. I want them all to be terrible, mm-hmm. like you said before. Um and that's how it is with anything. I don't want your picks to win. I'm very competitive with this picks on the podcast. Oh, oh I, I 100%. If I didn't pick the same game as you, uh, I, I want you to, the team to that you pick to lose more because you picked them to win than because I picked the other. Yeah. So that's basically, sports. that's sports. We, 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 love, uh, we love our friends to be miserable and we to be happy. That's a yes. terrible thing. It's friends. Uh, but actually, Actually, the way I always describe it is, it's not so much me being happy, because let's be honest, most of the time in sports, you're miserable. It's a matter of you want your friends to be more miserable than you. 
as long as your friends are more miserable than you, then yeah, I mean, there's some semblance of happiness. It's the silver lining. <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that we don't pull to the same team. Oh, no. It, it, uh, it would be less fun talking about it, but at the same time, I guess we could commiserate whenever the team's ultimately uh, pissed the bed. So, but at the same time, it's more fun to pull against your team, your friends' teams. So, Logan, me, I was putting in one of these Zen Citrus. Um, do you like the? So your your favorite is what? In the Zen. Oh, you like you got the Citrus today. Oh, okay. I have a mix. Oh, you got a. Oh, you got Winterberry. Okay. And Citrus. Oh, what? what how the hell did that happen? So I had a can of Citrus and I had a can of Wintergreen. I'm a Wintergreen guy. Um. But I occasionally get something as a change of pace, right? And so I picked up some citrus the other day. I hadn't had it in a while. It was good. And then when the can got low, I just dumped it into the wintergreen. And just so I knew it was a mixed can, I took the citrus top and put it on the wintergreen bottom. And now I have a – it's basically a surprise of what's what every time I reach in the can. So what do you think about the citrus? Do you like it? It's good. I mean, it's it's – I don't like – even though I like the peppermint and things like that, it sometimes can be overpowering with flavor. The reason yeah. I like the wintergreen is because it's a more mild flavor, but also it's like wintergreen, you know, is like the the real stuff. So it, it's like I'm a wintergreen guy, but the citrus is good. I, I'm not, I would never turn one down. My only issue with this and the real tobacco that I chew is that the fact that I go through these zins like they're candy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, but you know, you get the two for five or something it's not that bad but i've really been over a week without the tobacco that's a good for whatever thing. reason so and that's the beauty of zen zen is a way to be able to help you out if people are smoking or they're doing tobacco whether it's chew or dip zen is a much healthier alternative to those types of things so zen is something we implore people to check out it might save you on some um bad effects of it down the road yeah you never know but i'm all about you know uh, some of my friends call me Chaw Daddy. That's because I put in the big old wad. <laughs> put in the big old wads in, but it's hard, uh, it's hard to do with the Zens. Yeah, I can't put two in. Probably be really messed up. But I'm, I don't know. I I like them, and I know yep. I know you're a big fan. And this show is a big fan of Zen. That's right. Um, so, and I know you, even on your other ones, the Country Cold Cans and Miserable Reckless. I know you still doing on those. I don't know how many. I know Kyle does it. Kyle right? does it. Yep. Um, I saw. I saw Andy today, actually, in um, in Perini's, and he—I didn't realize he was in town. Yeah, Andy, Andy's back. He's um, he came in for a few days. He's going to the he's going to the concert on Thursday, so doing that. But uh, Andy, once in a while, will pop in a Zen, uh, not like he used to, but he still will. But if you like Zen and you like the design of the Zen. We have a similar design, not exactly the same by any means. We have a similar design on a t-shirt for country and cold cans on coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. It has a can on the back and it says country and cold cans established in uh, 2019. And it says warning, the boys will be buzzing. I implore you to check that out and to grab one of those while you can. They're available on the website, coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. Um, I think, so you're up to 84 followers when I last looked before we came on. The yeah, podcast. on the Cocan Sports one, yeah. And I'm up. I just got to 80. So, nice. Uh, thank you guys for getting us up that high. If you're listening to Twitter, if you are listening to this and not a follower uh, at Cocan Sports or Country and Cocans 
or uh, Cold Cans Pick'em, please give us a follow. You know, and you know, Logan, I think it's t- it's time for us to go ahead and hit them with the uh, make sure they leave us a comment. So go ahead and say your little bit about the comment if you like our show or hate our show or want to tell us just go fuck ourselves. Basically, you heard the man. So what you need to do is give us five stars, great review, share the podcast with your friends. But hey, we're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But if you go to Spotify, you click the little see more button that's on there on your app. Everybody knows where it is. All it takes is for your index finger to hit that little link. It drops down. It gives you a link there. It's the link that you can have an up to one minute voicemail. As Jordan so eloquently put it, you can tell us what you liked, what you don't like. Or if you just want to tell us, go fuck ourselves. Click that link. Let us know. Because, you know, this is tailgate season, baby, where it's always a bad day to be a beer. Presented by the Cold Cans Network. I'm Logan, sitting here with Jordan. And you know what? See you next week. Horns down.